This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to this episode of Property Jam, where we discuss all things on the human side of property. And this episode, we're talking about lettings agents. Yes, letting agents, they're the people that uh, allow us as developers and investors to take a back seat to uh, be able to focus on our business and not the business of lettings. Mm. Well, hopefully they do. Well, you'd if hope you've got so. the right one. Well, yes, because not all lessons agents have, um, well, are qualified enough, um, mm-hmm. are good at getting tenants. Some of them can't sell. And if you can't sell, how are you supposed to get people through the door? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they're definitely not all created equal, are they? And I think you'll find, and we agree on this, that your letting agent and the role that they play will vary depending on which part of your strategy you're at what you're doing, what kind of rentals you're in the market for. Yeah, definitely, because obviously your HMO um, agents are going to be a completely different uh, ballpark to your buy-to-let agents. I agree massively, because if you've got a six-bedroom HMO, that is essentially the same as having six buy-to-lets. And I don't think that your standard high street agent would view it that way. Mm. Um, So I know a lot of... Um, high street agents that will just go steer clear of HMOs. Uh, I think probably quite rightly so because I, I definitely agree with get good at something and stick to it. Yeah. Um, similarly with HMO agents, whenever, whenever I'm coaching someone, I'm mentoring, um, I would say you know, go find an HMO specialist. Don't just go down the high street, even if they say they do HMOs, because you won't get the same level of service and uh, your tenants will probably not be as good probably won't pay as much and will probably not stay in your properties for the long period of time so true yeah and it's so true that i think each letting agent has their own version of a market so when you're weighing up different areas and you're trying to maybe pick uh, uh, a location a marketplace one of my favorite things to do is spend an entire afternoon, possibly two afternoons, ringing around different letting agents within that area, weighing up their stories against one another. Because you'll speak to one and they'll be like, oh, well, it's professionals all day long. And then you'll phone another one. They're like, oh, it's the student market. That's all that works around here. And after maybe 10 or 12 phone calls, you start to piece together the truth of what the market actually looks and feels like. Yeah, um, and they're just giving you their version of reality based on their experiences. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, and I think you also suss out like which ones that you are going to get the best information and the best service from just by having those informal chats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. You can always spot a lettings agent or an estate agent. Yeah, you can, can't yeah, you? you? You can tell what they look like. Yeah, yeah. They've all got like that very distinctive look about them. Yeah. Is it like the, well, estate agents for sure because of the, the suit. The suit. Yeah. We've discussed the seat previously, haven't we? We did, yeah. on the what, what to wear or what not to wear episode. And even sometimes by the car that they drive, <laughs> apart from the big branded one. Yeah. That's well, kind actually, of a bit of a giveaway. They're never normally big branded ones. They're normally the tiniest oh, tiny cars you can have. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? But I do think the one that gives you the, the best first impression, whether that's online, because they've paid more to have their search uh, results at the top of your search, um, it's a sign of quality, or 
the information and the depth of knowledge that they've got. That's a very good point, fine, actually. Right? They're the first yeah. one you're going to go and visit. Yeah, but like, but it's um, they can be either very very good or very very bad because mm-hmm. a lot of the agents that we've found to be the best agents in our areas have been they're not even on the high street they're just uh, someone starting up with their own business independent independent agents yeah that's the word i'm looking for in actual fact you know, the, the way that we find our agents is to go through the way that the tenant would find them so you go and find you, you go on to right move or zoopler or spare room and you, you look at the adverts mm-hmm. and you say well if i was going to choose an agent um which agent would I choose based on how they advertise the rooms? Yeah. So that's like always our first port of call uh, when looking for you know, an agent in an area that we operate or a new area um, as well. Yeah, because obviously you have to look at it from the tenant's point of view as well as from the landlord's point of view. Yes, you want someone that's reliable, someone that you can liaise with and have a business relationship with. But you want someone as well that's going to be able to manage your tenants and deal with them effectively and be professional. They're the face of your business at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. So they have to be in line with your vision, your values, uh, I would say. So if they don't click with what you're trying to achieve, uh, even if they say the right things when they start working with you, you can quite easily tell if they're not aligned with your values Mm -hmm. um, in the way they operate. Uh, the portfolios and you know we definitely had that um in the past and um, with, with certain agents yeah but also are they a wolf in sheep's clothing because i've had that where you've had like you've been ringing around you've been doing your due diligence and then you like connect with a certain netting agency because on the phone they seem to provide you with an excellent service they seem to understand the market really well and then you hear from somebody else that they're not that good uh, or you hear a negative experience so actually that happened to me there was one letting agent in particular who shall remain nameless. Uh, tell us, tell us, tell us. Tell <laughs> I'll us. tell you offline. Um, okay. I'll name them. I'll name and shame them. But yeah, so I was doing a bit of due diligence in one particular area where I was operating a buy-to-let strategy and they kept coming up again and again in search results. And I'm thinking, oh, they must be really good. There were really positive testimonials online. I spoke to them on the phone. They were really, really nice. They knew the market. And then I was wandering around a few properties and I was viewing them with a builder. And I said that, oh, I'm just about to go off and meet so-and-so from this particular letting agent. And they said, oh, would that be so-and-so? And I said, yeah. And they said, don't use their services because literally I had that person pinned up against the wall the other day because they do not pay their tradespeople. And that was verified by two other tradespeople within that area. And I thought, now I wouldn't have picked that up on the phone. And as a result of that, they did not get my service. They did mm. not get my client. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. But tradespeople are really good, actually, when it comes to verifying letting agents because they use them for maintenance jobs. And if they're not paying their tradespeople, I wouldn't want to work with them, would you? No. No, no, not definitely at all. not. No. Yeah. No, especially because they have the money to pay them. Precisely. Because they're collecting the rent, it's coming straight out of it. So, yeah, exactly. yeah. And why are they withholding? So, money yeah, that what what are got? they doing with that money if yeah. they're not paying their tradespeople? Exactly. Yeah. And if they're if they're ha- if they start that and they've got that reputation, then they're never going to be able to find tradespeople to upkeep your property. Well, this is it. Yeah. So I actually found speaking to tradespeople was a really useful way to kind of verify my due diligence. Um, when it comes to finding letting agents in the area. Mm. I've found that by meeting them face-to-face is generally a good way. Not always, it's never, what's the word I'm looking for? It's never foolproof, uh, but there's always uh, much better results by actually sitting down face-to-face and meeting someone. Although saying that, 
um, Niall, we had a letting agent that we were using in a new area. Uh, mm-hmm. We went and spoke to them and they said all the right things. Which is why I said it's not always foolproof. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Caveat. I just, I just thought I'd throw this in here now. Um, yeah, and uh, it said all the right things. We were very impressed with the knowledge and uh, the, the rents that they were looking to achieve. We agreed with them. And um, then when we got came to the end of the project, we started to do the handover to the agent. Um, there were things that they were doing which were like, well, this is not normal for an H- HMO agent to, to be doing. Um, they what do you mean? Like what? Well, they hadn't cleared out the rubbish from when oh. the um, the fridge had been delivered mm. and the washing machine. Oh. Um, they were sh- taking pictures of rooms with rubbish in them. They were showing the rooms with the rubbish in them. You're joking. Uh, which was just really weird. Uh, they, they'd never thought about dressing the room. We had to suggest that. Um, even though we had discussed it right at the very beginning. Wow. Um, so it had been forgotten. And uh, I think about two or three, week, three weeks went by and we weren't getting any bites. And then we we thought we'd send a friend of ours to go and, go and have a look and do, do a secret shop. And um, this person went in and uh, was shown around. And uh, this is where we found, found out about the rubbish being in the room still as they were being shown. Um, so it wasn't being shown in its proper... Uh, state. Wow. Uh, but also, come to that, the, the guy said, "Well, if you don't want to share a house, then you can go and get you go go stay in one of those flats over the road that we're also letting." No. Yeah. Yeah. So they tried to let something else whilst they were showing our HMO. Scandal. Yeah, it is scandalous. But I guess from on their from their point of view, I guess they were professional buy to let right. management agents, not HMO agents. So they were trying to sell them on the thing that they knew. That yeah. they understood, um, so they, I guess they should never have taken on the HMO in the first place. No, no, the art of selling an HMO is definitely an art, and oh not God. everyone can do it completely. Um, it, yeah, I know, oh, I've heard of agents that will just go around, and actually, I've had them in the past where uh, they literally just go, "There's the room, there's the kitchen. Do you want it?" Yeah, that's not selling. No, no, you have to go around and you have to extol the virtues of living in, in shared living, That's right. in co-living. You have to, you know, point out all the different storage places, um, you know, all the positives of being in that property and how close it is to the station and how um, easy it is to live here. Yeah, and how much nice space they've got in the kitchen and and how nice the other tenants are. Yeah, definitely. All of that has to be mm. got across in that viewing. You've probably got five or ten minutes to sell a person on that room. Someone who's in a, who has been sold well to will be very happy to part with their money there and then. Yeah, and a good agent as well should be good at matching people up. Because if you've got a HMO, you've got obviously single individuals moving into these rooms or occasionally couples. So they have to be able to get on with the other people in the house. So they have to have similarities, things in common, and a good agent will be able to determine who is a good fit for who. And that's actually really good when you start to get a bunch of properties in an area uh, managed by the same agent because mm. they can actually start to uh, you know, mix and match, pick yeah. and choose. We, we've had tenants move between houses before mm. um, just either because of personalities um, or just for, you know, they wanted to move into the house close to the station. So actually getting uh, you know, tenants into your business and keeping them there is, is the key. And mm-hmm. the letting agent for us is the way to do that. 
on the HMO side. Well, this is it. And there is there is notably a difference between the relationship that you're likely to have with, say, a buy-to-let letting agent versus more your HMO portfolio letting agent. Yes, the skill set's different. But for me, on the buy-to-let side, it was just about doing the due diligence. Are they competitive? Do they understand the market? Can they get me good tenants? What's the general consensus out there? But day-to-day, don't really have a lot to do with them. Don't talk to them that much. No, just ticks over. On the HMO side, completely different story. I love the letting agent that I have simply because they are an essential part of my power team, not just on the rental side, but on the capital and the design side and the market side and the end product side, the valuation side, property investor themselves speaking the same language, couldn't do mm-hmm. what I do without them. Yeah. And I guess as well as that, but that that's a good point, is that when you've got a buy to let, they're pretty much set and forget once you've got the agent in place. But that's assuming you've bought the right property in the right area. Then it makes it a lot easier to rent it out on a long-term basis. Uh, They tend to move in and stay there for years on end. Which is why, actually, um, for most of our buy-to-lets, we self-manage. So uh, if you dust on a property up, it's in good nick. Um, We use use an agent, maybe the high street agent, to find the tenant set up the tenancy and then make sure they do the check-in, et cetera, because we're not on site. Oh, God, no. They're miles away from where, no. where I live. Yeah. So um, they do that and they hand it over to us. So we collect the rent. They message me if there's any issues. Uh, I hardly get a message. Probably at once every two months I get a message from a, one of our tenants just saying, oh, the bulb's gone here. I remind them that's up to you to fix. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't driving up the motorway for yeah. that. <laughs> this is their right to let. So, um, yeah, that's, that's for them to sort. Yeah. Or... Um, or there's an issue with the boiler, etc. So, uh, and then we just instruct um, just our, our local plumbing guys to, to get, they're probably the ones that installed it just to go back and have a look and just check that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we set, obviously save that 10%, that 8% or you know, 12% depending on what you're paying your agent. Yeah. Um, so that goes in our pockets. Um, and so you're just in charge of like remembering the gas safe check and all of that stuff on an annual basis. Joe, you're always in charge of that. Really. I do you know, have an agent or not? I know. I mean, I do always check it, but at the end of the day, you know, I have entrusted that to somebody as our, well. Our plumber um, sends me a text. That's good. Okay, so you do actually have your plumber checking in and reminding you that it's Yeah, happening. no, he's, he's good. He just sent me a check um, because, it's not, yeah, it's there. Well, well, I guess it's money well. for him every time he yeah, has to do it. For yeah, sure. It's, 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 it's business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. I was quite interested because we were having a bit of a chat about this episode ahead of uh, sort of pressing the record button. And I think we have quite a different relationship with our letting agents. I mean, I I was sort of like waxing lyrical about how essential they are, even on the HMO side, even though you agreed yes on the marketing, yes on like selling it to the tenants. Day to day, you don't have too much to do with them. Very little, to be no. honest. We do, obviously, we're getting regular notifications sure. of tenants moving in, tenants moving out, gas safety certificates being completed, etc. Um, but generally, we just let them get on with it. Um, they're good at their job. Um, by all means, it has taken us a few lettings agents to find the right one, so it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so you can go through a few people. Um, but um, when they're doing their job well, um, what you're paying them for then you shouldn't have to do their job as well. No, I agree. But then what about when it comes to, because this is where I think it felt quite different. So what about on the design side? Let's just say you buy something, you're massively reconfiguring the internal layout. Say you're taking it from like a three bed to a six bed or something like that. Mm. How much do your letting agents have a say on the end design? Like the tiles right down to the style. Like do they 
do that happen? Because for me, it does. Like, that's essential. It really depends on the letting agent and whether they've got a design eye. So some letting agents are very systems-focused. Others are very design-focused and more creative. And, you know, we've got a combination of all of those. Uh, And I'd say, for example, in some of our most recent projects, we actually bring in an interiors designer um, at, at the very beginning to help with the design. And they work with the architect to make sure the kitchen's the right layout and, the, and then they will okay everything and the spec with the builder. So um, I know because you, you have your design architect that does something similar. Um, so it, it's really just d- down to the different situation, the different area and, and the different teams. So we have different teams in different areas that are different makeups. Some have interiors people, some don't. Mm. Um, some have architects, some don't. Some have, well, they've all got project managers, yeah. um, which is generally the key theme for us. But when it comes to the letting agent, um, yes, they're involved, but maybe not on the design or that they consult with, with us um, mm. on, on it. But you know, it's down to us um, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think my experience probably, to be honest, is pretty unique i think it's fair to say it definitely does sound like that it is unusual yeah yeah. but i think what i like about it because the agents tend to understand the market particularly if it's a niche market and they are an independent agent they do have an understanding but i think the difference is when they are a property investor themselves they have a better insight into how it all works actually i think um one thing that i've noticed is that they can say well uh, there's a lot of this on the market and they can tell you what else is going on yeah so that you can be different Mm -hmm. so there's absolutely no way i paint a feature wall gray anymore no not not now no No, not now two years ago two three years ago yeah yeah, it was all the rage it's really um feature wall overdone that's so 2017 (laughs) (laughs) not that a feature wall is a bad idea no it's not um, but, but again, gray, it's market dependent, right? Well, exactly. Market, it's market dependent. Yeah. It's market dependent. Yeah. You know, and if you're listening to this in 10 years' time and you're going, <laughs> well, grey is the thing, <laughs> yeah. then it's, it's come back around. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Although uh, grey curtain seems to be the thing in this place right now. That's true. I'm looking at Matt's grey Is that your future Your curtains. future wall? Your feature wall. <laughs> your feature window. <laughs> they would, they would just give value. <laughs> in, in fact, you've got grey and magnolia going on. You're a buy-to-let dream happening oh, in here you really are <laughs> well funnily enough i am in a buy to let yeah you are because mm-hmm. uh, you know, those regular listeners will know that i don't own my own home that's yeah, good I-, I rent it Massively if you're listening to this it. in 10 years time obviously that'll be different yeah but she's in your <laughs> he'll mansion have, he'll have painted it gray but he'll still have the same curtains just saying yeah so going back to the letting agent because we've gone off piece a little bit i think what i like because even even if you have someone on the design side I think if you have got that letting agent that just goes over and above and they do have a real insight on the market, they might disagree with what the designer thinks because the designer will like, will know what looks nice in terms of design, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that design suits that market type or that tenant type. So that's quite useful when you have that perspective. So when we're doing a project, the key members of the power team are me as the project manager, my site manager, who's my main contractor, my interior architect, who's the technical drawer and the designer, and then, of course, my letting agent, who can be my eyes on the ground whilst the project's going on, but also feed in on the end product, what it should look like. Well, I, I would say, just to, to, to add on to that, a good interior designer should be designing it for the end user, should be designing it for the tenants. So, so therefore, their research should be a part of the research should be talking to the letting agent yeah, yeah. so it realistically should be specific to that they should not be thing. realistically disagreeing they should be 
finding common ground. Oh, mate, I'm telling you, I have got into arguments about tiles versus mermaid board versus all sorts between letting agents and designers. It's And that, again, can come down to personal taste, but it's quite interesting to witness. Both technically would work for the end user, for sure. But it's quite funny how their personal tastes actually come so into So then you it. have to pick which one you prefer? Tiles every day. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, and I would agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, that's it really. That's all you've got to add to that particular thing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've got, I, I really do. I, I quite like having a close relationship, even on the buy-to-let side. Right, so I know I've got Wayne, I've got Kath, I've got Liz and I've got Joe who work in the office. I know when all their birthdays are, I will send, well, not necessarily like Christmas cards. I'll send not birthday cards, but I'll send Christmas cards every year and I'll always make sure if I'm up in the area, I'll swing by and give them treats and stuff and do all that sort of stuff. Um, on the other side, on the HMO side, so down the A46 towards Lincoln, my goodness, I've ended up in strip clubs with my letting agent. Whoops, I probably shouldn't have said that on a podcast, should I? But yeah. Well, well now we know a little bit more about well, you. Well, you get close. Behind the curtain. Behind the Back to your grey curtains again. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what colour are the curtains in the strip club? Black. Okay, oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a ch- really up class. Okay, it's called Crystals with a K. <laughs> Harry, Google. If <laughs> Harry, if you're listening, oh dear, no. Yeah, let's just say it was the last place open in Lincoln when we went out on a night out celebrating a project that we'd just finished and what what you're going to do. It was the only place serving gin and tonics where we ended up. Classy lady. Yep. That's our Joe. You do get close to your letting agents, even if it is in crystals at 3am in the morning. <laughs> you don't have to you take don't the have letting to. agent out to the strip club. No. You don't have to. Technically, we were much more civilised. We took our lettings agent to a restaurant and then we went for some drinks. That's we did. way yeah. more sophisticated than we. It was. We went for cocktails. We went for cocktails. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It wasn't Yeah, it wasn't any Weatherspoons. No, it was a vegan restaurant and vegan cocktails. Restaurant. Very nice. Mm. Yeah. But there is something to be said of treating your letting agent, most keeping definitely. them sweet. It's good business, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. If they're, they're managing your tenants. They're looking after your business. And like Matt said earlier, they're the face of your business. Yeah. So why would you not look after them? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, every Christmas I will always send them. Um, well, my lot send to like gin and rum and tequila. So I always send like a big bottle of alcohol. Um, well, we also do send a gift at Christmas to, to those in our power teams and those that we're working with. And they'll also be invited to the party. 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 Christmas party. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Talking of which, I went to a Halloween party once that my letting agent threw for all the freshers that were coming in. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no. So it was Halloween, so everyone was dressing up. Even the landlords that were invited. Let's just say not many landlords turned up. About 300 students turned up. And I ended up getting introduced to some of our tenants. They just looked at me like I was just the most embarrassing landlord ever. It's like, you know, I was trying far too hard. I was dressed as Morticia. I had a wig on. And I was trying to be really down with the kids. Is just a normal Saturday night out for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heading to Crystal shortly afterwards. Uh, no, and I and 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 um, a letting agent was like, "Hey guys, this is your landlord," and they just looked at me as if to say, "Hmm." And I was trying to be way too cool for school. It didn't work. It didn't fly. But I had a good night. It was fun. <laughs> Hanging yeah. out with the kids. I know. God, there can't have been any more than like nineteen, and there's wow. me like whoop whoop. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> no, no intentions of, but thank you for the reminder. Did I have fun though? Yeah. Uh, 
Our letting agent uh, dropped off a birthday cake to one of our. Oh, um, oh yeah, tenants. you just yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was really the sweet. Twenty first, really sweet. So I think that that's important. You know, you can do your own little touches as well. Hmm. So like for every tenant that moves in, you could give them you know, a box of chocolates or a bottle of wine or, or a little welcome little card welcome or something. Card. Just say welcome to your room, welcome to the house. That's nice. Um, so all that kind of stuff. And if your if your agent doesn't do it, you can ask them to do it. Yeah. Mm. Um, you could even get you could even send them a card in the post. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an awful extra, to, an awful lot extra to have to do because they'll dress the room, they'll make it all ready anyway. So to place a little gift on the pillow or whatever is not going to take a long time. Oh, chocolate on the pillow. Chocolate oh, on like the pillow. a hotel. Yeah, you, you can get your turn down service as well. <laughs> <laughs> Rose petals <laughs> once a year. No, I think um, your letting agent can also be really good to soundboard an issue with a tenant. So I remember once we had a, a brand new, a very young family move into one of the properties. And even though this is just a buy to let, and even though um, they had the, you know, the annual letter saying, make sure the, that the house is well ventilated, especially during the winter months. What they were doing is drying all the baby clothes on a radiator. So we we're getting condensation. And every time the inspections were happening, they were having to kind of the letting agent was having to say, come on, you know, you need a, a clothes horse. They just wouldn't buy a clothes horse. So um spoke to my letting agent and between us, we said, as a Christmas present, why don't I send the tenant a clothes horse as a as a gesture of goodwill? And going forward, they used it. And of course, that reduced the, the damp and the condensation in the property. But that was their idea, not mine. So you saved them their deposit? Well, yeah, basically, mm, yeah. Mm. Um, and so it's that, just more practical. And are there any other times that you could imagine? Uh, well, remember that a letting agent has saved the day. Oh God, yes. So, bought an HMO at a tricky time of the year, November, when the students are looking to rent the property about ten months ahead of the following academic year starting. Renovation wasn't complete until March letting agent had to fill it for that September. And you know, you talked about sales pitches and your letting agent being amazing. We were already trailblazing a different area that was slightly further than most students would typically walk, but the product that we produced was so nice. So it was a case of that letting agent having to sell it to those tenants. And you know what? They did. They Mm. managed to fill it. Even though we had crisis talks, they managed to fill it. And that was because they bought into our vision and that if we hadn't done that, then we would have missed out on an entire year's worth of rent. Yeah. for me, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head, um, and this kind of refers back to slightly back to when we were talking about tenants uh, and we had to go through an eviction process. Mm. It was the management agent that dealt with the whole process. So they served the Section 8 for us, they served the Section 21 for us, they went to the court on our behalf, Amazing. they dealt with the bailiffs on our behalf. Um, so although it was a bit of a, an issue for us, we weren't involved with it, so it took the emotion out of it. So it meant that we were just able to get on with our day-to-day running of the business for everything else that's going on yeah. and let them deal with and focus on that one individual tenant that was causing an issue. Amazing. Do you know what? Um, when I, I think a really good letting agent... Well, well, I'll go back a step. If a letting agent has to deal with an eviction, as hands-off as possible for the landlord... But a really good letting agent can probably stop the eviction process from happening mm. by, con- uh, by conversations with the tenant. So we've definitely had it about two or three times where, let's say, a tenant uh, wants to leave early. And we say, well, you are contracted to this uh, period of time. And they can communicate with the, uh, the tenant to basically say, we will do our best to fill the room. And so that means that the tenant is unlikely to have to pay too much beyond 
the, the amount of time they're in the property. Um, but also uh, when there are disagreements in a house. Mm, especially uh, in your HMOs, right? Yeah, so... It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was one, one happened uh, up north. Um, not as far north as we got one, but uh, up near Newcastle we had a property. Uh, we still got a property that and two tenants were, were falling out. Uh, one guy was lovely during the day and you know, passed all his referencing, but as soon as he had a drink, he turned into a bit of a menace. Oh, wow. And um, would just be a bit of a nightmare to be around. So all the tenants were saying, we don't like, we don't like him, He's, you know, we don't feel safe in the house. And um, then between him and another tenant, um, there's another tenant who was smoking in his room out the window smoking still smoking what? in its room uh, I think it was just tobacco but right. you know I, I think the letting agent may have you know may have calmed it down for me right um, mm. but what uh, gave him weed instead <laughs> 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 yeah, tobacco's not the way you need to chill out <laughs> oh dear well that's one way to right? chill your tenants out yeah. um, and we're not advising you do this no by the way. No, no that's caveat, disclaimer disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but this uh, this tent, the one that was a, a problem, and this one who's smoking. So the one who's got the problem, I'm going to start again. So the tenant who was a problem when he was drunk had an issue with the tenant who smoked in his room because he smokes in his room. Pot kettle and then black. <laughs> the, the guy who was smoking in his room had an issue with the tenant who had an issue with drinking. Because, because and it, when it drunk. came to a head, when the guy threw, um, <laughs> threw <laughs> basically like threw um, a cigarette in through in through the window. Oh, <gasps> really? Yeah. What <laughs> in the other guy's room? Yeah, from the outside, just threw it in and hit one of his alcohol bottles, and the whole place went up. <laughs> oh no, the other one. No, it was the other one. The, the guy with the the drink drinking issues. Um, oh, threw a cigarette threw it into, into the other guy's room. Oh, really? Oh, so wow. it became a bit of. Um, a bit of an issue there. Oh dear. Um, it sounds like an episode of EastEnders or something. Else. Yeah, but it meant that the letting agent got a call at two o'clock in the morning oh, and then three God. o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the morning. And the next day, the letting agent said, well, one of you's leaving. Who is it going to be? Wow. And uh, basically, uh, basically, what, what the guy with the drinking issue um, just gave up, gave up and said, I'll be out by the end of today. Wow. wow. And the room was let the two days later. So he became like the almost like the arbitration service between the two. And then the other guys now moved out as well. Oh right. Yeah. And There's no one to fight with anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Missed the drama. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. happens, eh? But so the but the letting agent there was key by going in and saying, Well, this is obviously not working, one of you needs to leave and it could have been a section twenty one. Easy. Um in order to have made that happen. Mm-hmm. But I think by mutual agreement between all parties involved, if one of them agrees to go, they say, we're not going to, you know, we're going to give you your rent back, just be out. Yeah. Um, and that type of thing, I think, is very reasonable. Not and to mention uh, taking the phone call at 2 a.m. And I know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what letting agents are sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You become yeah. a counsellor, you become yeah. a... Yeah, mediator, yeah. especially for the younger tenants as well. For if you're especially dealing with students yeah. or very young professionals, never lived away, you before. become their parent. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about when my letting agent had to come out several times. We had a faulty fire alarm, 
And literally, he must have received on the trot about maybe five or six phone calls at like in the early hours. And the students would have just got in from a night out, you know, like sort of 3 a.m. or something. Bloody fire alarms gone off. And it's, you know, the, the key wasn't working to set it back to, you know, factory settings or whatever button you press. And he'd be called out. Did it. Saved me a job. Well, that's what they're there for. Amazing. Yeah. And there was another girl who um, was 18. It was her first home, as, as you were saying. Yeah. And um, she got into rental arrears and uh, we just lost a job and it wasn't communicating. And so the agent had to call the parents as the guarantor to go, what's going on? Because this young girl um, was embarrassed, didn't want to, you know, didn't want to, just wasn't paying, but didn't talk to anyone about it. So again, they become a a mediator and a communicator with Mm -hmm. educating these people how to become young adults as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And another one, back in the days when we were self-managing our HMOs, me and my mother had to go and mediate between this Romanian guy and this Polish guy who were falling out because something to do with the Polish guy's mum had slept with the wrong person and um, and one of them was beating the other one up and the police wow. were called. Um, <laughs> He'd become a counsellor as well. Yeah. A marriage yeah. counsellor in this sense. Oh, it's ridiculous, yeah. So um, I'm not going to go into the details of that particular... Oh, shame. Can we at some point? This is brilliant. Well, uh, all right then. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the basically what happened was we'd already come and mediated between the two of them and we were saying, you know, you guys need to chill out. You know what's going on, and told them they need to you know put their axe up, and kind of left them to it, and said that you know one of you's going to have to leave if if we can't resolve this, and they were just being children, uh, real children about what it. What age were they, more or less? One of them was probably late twenties, okay. the other one was mid twenties. Okay, so right. they were old enough, old enough to, to know, know better. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds like my mum. He said that in a choir. <laughs> oh, Matthew. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, the, the, about a few weeks later, I get a phone call from one of the tenants saying that there'd been a fight and the police had been called. They were in the police station. And um, so we just, we just had to become a mediator saying, well, if you don't want this guy, if he's beating you up, you don't want him to be back in the house, you've got to press charges. Say so that they can't send you back. And that's what he did. He wow. pressed charges. And then um, one guy had to go and be shipped off to his mother. And the other one and she was, 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 allowed, was allowed back in the house. And then yeah, we had to sit down with him and say, you can't go back in the house because of your impending court date. And um, therefore, we think it's probably a good idea that you surrender the tenancy. And we spoke to him and he was like, yeah, that's fine. Again, gave him his money back. He signed, surrendered, signed and surrendered the tenancy. And again, we get the room back on the market. It was like the next week. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, quite funny when these things happen yeah mm. but nowadays i mean it's a bit scandalous at the time and quite fun but look, scandalous that's a good word weren't ready for that were you thank you um but nowadays you wouldn't want to be dealing with any of that stuff surely don't have the time We've yeah that's so what i mean projects going on yeah yeah you know, that day-to-day of running the business that is where the lessing agent really comes exactly into yeah. their own and all of those um things that we talked about incidents that's those need to be managed because you know these are a few there's not many no um, of these things happening but no, you know, when you've got lots of personalities in a house, yeah. something's going to crop up. That's right. And the agent's going to be the one to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never self-managed any of the properties. Mm-hmm. And I've never had the inclination to do so. And I have no intentions of doing it in the future. So I'm more than happy to sit back and let, let a good agent do their job. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, we love them. Well, this job would be all right if it weren't for the tenants. Right. <laughs> well, you have to love your tenants. You do. Customer. They're your customer. They are. Are. I think it's probably a good time just to wrap this up. So, um, thank you for listening to Property Jam. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me then. <laughs> <laughs>